Hi everyone, uh, this is Josh Samuel of Theology Breakdown and today's episode uh, is all about eight lessons on death and grief. Uh, these are things that I've been learning since my dad passed away. Uh, maybe you're someone who has experienced loss uh, in your life or maybe you know someone else who's experienced loss and maybe you want to be there for them. Uh, this uh, I hope might be helpful for someone like yourself. So uh, if that's something that might be helpful for you, I encourage you to stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. This is Josh Samuel. I love exploring the themes of life, God, and the Bible. Uh, theology Breakdown is all about breaking down the transforming themes of theology in an accessible format. In June of 2019, uh, my dad passed away. He was wrestling with uh, stage four lung cancer. And uh, it's something that uh, just hit our whole family and it was a, it was a difficult thing to process. And I'll be honest, in some ways, it really kind of slowed me down uh, with different things I've been trying to do. Uh, but by God's grace, he's helped me. Um, and uh, there's a number of things that I've been learning through this process. And some things I wanted to share with you. I don't claim to know it all. I'm sure uh, there are things that uh, over the next few uh, years or uh, months, I'll still be learning. I know that for sure. Um, but I just wanted to share some things that might be helpful for you. Uh, today, uh, this is all about eight lessons on death and grief. Uh, today, I'm actually wearing one of my dad's uh, shirts uh, just in memory of him. I know I've got eight uh, lessons I've learned, but that's, that's the last one that I want to share is actually probably the one that has been most crucial for me, theologically speaking. So I want you to stay tuned for this last one, uh, which I think is super important. So let's begin with the first uh, lesson that I've been learning. Number one, a loss is a loss. This may sound obvious, like what do you mean a loss is a loss? Well, here's the thing, you know, sometimes uh, when uh, people pass, uh, people kind of take different things into consideration. Like, I'll be honest, like my dad was over 70 years old. Uh, and so sometimes with that, people may think, well, you know, someone lived a long life or, or maybe, you know, maybe they knew the Lord and they're going to heaven. Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe it's just someone miscarried and miscarried a baby. Uh, or, or maybe someone's accomplished a lot in life. Maybe they've uh, experienced a lot of life. And, and so some, sometimes people may kind of minimize uh, that uh, loss. But I've been learning, you know what, a loss is a loss. Like, let's be honest, if one of our family member goes away on vacation or they go away to school or something like that, and we know we're gonna see them in maybe a couple of months, we feel kind of a sense of loss, right? But when someone passes away, we're not gonna see them for possibly a very long time. And that can be very challenging. And so let's just be honest that number one, a loss is a loss. Related to my first point that a loss is a loss and hey, there's obvious sadness uh, involved in, in loss um, is number two, grief is not a competition. You know, when my dad passed, uh, someone said to one of my family members, hey, you know, you've had him in your life for a long time. And you know, I've had, uh, I lost someone and I even had them for a shorter time. So guess what, you know, you shouldn't feel so bad. Uh, you had them for a longer time. Um, no, uh, that's just wrong. You know, shaming someone for their grief and how it compares to your grief is never a way to comfort someone. 
And so I just want to reiterate, uh, grief is not a competition. This is not us trying to compare like, well, you have this person for this long or that long or that long. It's not a competition. Uh, this is, you know, doing that sort of thing is just ne never going to be helpful. Uh, recently, I've been reading a book called A Grace Disguised by Jerry Sitzer, and he's got some incredible insights on grief. Um, let me tell you why. Uh, he was in a car accident where um, someone who was drinking under the influence of alcohol and was drunk literally drove into uh, his vehicle uh, and he had his family with him. Uh, he had his wife, uh, his mother and children. And in the midst of that car accident, uh, his mother passed away, his wife passed away and his four-year-old daughter passed away. And he survived along with some of his other children. And you know, you listen to something like that, you hear that and you're just like, wow, like that is unbelievably tragic. Uh, but he's got some incredible insights uh, in his book uh, on, on grief and death that I think is really valuable. So valuable that I wanna, I wanna read this, uh, this portion, I think that's really helpful for us as we consider the issue that grief is not a competition. Hear what he says. Catastrophic loss of whatever kind is always bad, only bad in different ways. It is impossible to quantify and to compare. The very attempt we often make in quantifying losses only exacerbates the loss by driving us to two unhealthy extremes. On the one hand, those coming out on the losing end of the comparison are deprived of the validation they need to identify and experience the loss for the bad thing it is. Their loss is dismissed as unworthy of attention and rec recognition. On the other hand, those coming out of the winning and, and convince themselves that no one has suffered as much as they have, that no one will ever understand them, and that no one can offer lasting help. They are the ultimate victims. So they indulge themselves with their pain and gain a strange kind of pleasure in their misery. Whose loss is worse? The question begs the point. Each experience of loss is unique, each painful in its own way, each as bad as everyone else's, but also different. No one will ever know the pain I have experienced because it is my own, just as I will never know the pain you may have experienced. What good is quantifying loss? What good is comparing? The right question to ask is not whose is worse, it is to ask what meaning can be gained from suffering and how can we grow through suffering? What an incredible point uh, for us to remember. Uh, you know, he, he acknowledges that there's, you know, there's so many different other types of loss as well. People may who have lost a job, uh, people who've experienced physical or sexual, emotional abuse, people who've gone through divorce, uh, the list goes on and on. Doing all this comparing and com uh, thinking that we can uh, compare with others and there's almost like a competition is unhelpful uh, because there's no real way to quantify it all. Uh, let's just acknowledge that, hey, you've lost someone and uh, we want to be there for you. The third major point I want to make is that we need to reckon with the important issues of death on a more regular basis. Um, here's the thing, you know, none of us are promised 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. Uh, but the reality is we're all promised death. Uh, let me read to you uh, Ecclesiastes 7 uh, verse 2. It said, It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, person of wisdom here, is kind of reminding us that, look, um, 
the feasting, hey, we love it. You know, I, I mean, I love uh, parties. I love uh, going to birthdays. And you know, part of uh, the things in my family is we love to celebrate milestones. So uh, quite often you see a family picture with cake in the middle because we like to celebrate all the key milestones in our lives. And, uh, but here's the thing, um, weddings, uh, a new baby, their uh, 50th birthday or 25th wedding anniversary. All, all these things are wonderful things, but none of us are promised that. But here's the thing, all of us in life are promised death. Uh, that can become very sobering, and I know it's uncomfortable for some of us to, to be honest about, but that's what we're all promised. It, we will experience death. So I think it's important for us that if we want to be people of wisdom, we have to reckon with the important issues of death on a regular basis. So maybe that means that you might need to go visit uh, uh, someone at a viewing uh, and, and encourage them as someone they know may have passed. You may need to go visit, uh, go to a funeral more often. You know, I remember when I was a young kid, uh, whenever we drove by a graveside, we'd hold our breath. It's almost like, you know, you know, you don't want to be around that context. But now that since my dad passed, uh, you know, I've been visiting his gravesite uh, regularly. And so, uh, and that's been helpful and important for me. You know, I think we'll be people of wisdom when we acknowledge, hey, you know what? We all die and we need to make life decisions in light of that as well. The fourth major point I want to make is that it's okay to weep. It's okay to grieve. You know, I, I've heard sometimes uh, people say, you know, hey, if this person knew the Lord or we know where they're going uh, in the life after, no, none of us should uh, weep. We should all be happy and, you know, uh, uh, laughing and dancing because, hey, they're with God. I understand that. I understand where that's coming from. You know, sometimes I think it's maybe coming from a good place. But, you know, I'm reminded, you know, when I was a young kid, we had to do memory verse competition. So we had to memorize scripture. And the one that I always made sure I knew was the shortest verse in the Bible, John 11:35. Jesus wept. And here's the thing, you know, Jesus wept in the context of kind of a real funeral. You know, his friend Lazarus had passed away. And in that context, he wept. Jesus, the Holy One, the perfect Son of God, wept. It reminds me that, you know, there's times where we need to weep. You know, sometimes we associate weeping with a negative emotion. You know, I think of, you know, kids who are hungry or they're angry. They want a toy and they cry and we do whatever we can to figure out how to stop the crying. But when uh, people are experiencing grief and loss, uh, weeping is actually a healthy emotion uh, that can actually be beneficial because it's an expression of who we are. That's what it means to be human. Not only are we, uh, is it okay to laugh, I think it's okay to, to, to weep. Uh, and, and weeping is an important, healthy emotion that we need to be uh, open to expressing. Jesus wept. The fifth point I wanna make is that it's okay to have mixed feelings at the moment. Let me explain. I'll be honest, like there are many moments during since my dad passed where I've kind of had a kind of an ongoing pervading sense of sadness since he passed, um, which has come and gone at various times. Um, but I'll be honest with you as well. Uh, there have been things that maybe my kids do or my, something that happens in my family uh, where we experience joy and there's happiness. And I've just, it was just kind of like awkward. You know, I'm experiencing sadness, but I'm also laughing about something. And it was actually one of my kids' uh, cartoon shows that actually helped me with this. Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger is a cartoon that's kind of in line with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, kind of a contemporary version of that for kids today. 
and they talk about ambivalence when you have mixed emotions and mixed feelings about something and and it kind of put to words what I was ex experiencing that uh, there are moments where I had sadness where I also had joy and had all these other emotions and and guess what that's okay uh, that's also a part of being human uh, yeah you may have feelings of sadness but part of being a human is having all these mixed emotions and mixed feelings and uh, that's okay and that's a that's a healthy part of life as well and it wasn't until I saw that cartoon that uh, ambivalence or having mixed feelings uh, uh, made sense to me that okay this is part of life um, that in the midst of sadness I'm also experiencing moments of joy and laughter as well the number six uh, point I wanted to make is that as we go through uh, grief and loss and death or whatever it may be, uh, your presence is a present. Uh, what I mean by that is you being available to people during their times of grief and loss is a present is it a gift it's a gift to them you know sometimes uh, we feel like we have to have all the answers we have to have that right word to share to someone who's going through a moment of grief or a time of grief whatever it may be uh, but you know what like just being there means so much you know I can I can think of the people who text message me sent flowers um, called me up uh, and even just even just attended the viewing and the funeral for my father uh, was so meaningful to me and I'll never forget it like uh, maybe there's some of you who are actually watching this video right now who have really really blessed me and uh, thank you thank you you know it meant a lot there's so many people that I still need to thank and I often think of them and I'm like wow you know just them being present meant a lot it meant a lot to me it meant a lot to my family and so uh, as you go through uh, um, grief as you go through loss uh, in your context uh, presence means a lot and for those of you who may be going through grief um, i encourage you to maybe even invite others into your life during times you really need it there are professional you know even grief counselors uh, who can help you and uh, and so you might need to invite their presence into your life and maybe articulate things that you're going through that you just need to get off your chest so I encourage that as well so just remember hey your presence is a present uh, for so many people the seventh point I want to make is seek relational harmony as much as you can I'll be honest, my, my relationship with my dad over the past few years has been wonderful, you know, especially since he came to the Lord and was following Christ. He was just a very extremely kind person. Um, but I'll be honest, like, you know, many, many years ago, uh, we, we had some relational challenges, stuff that went at home, and uh, it was problematic at times. Uh, but I remember many years ago, even before my dad became a Christian and uh, just really started to wholeheartedly serve God, really. Um, I remember the Lord just leading me uh, to just say, Josh, like you need to forgive and seek reconciliation with your dad. And so I remember literally going up to my father's room and just saying, dad, you know, I just want to let you know that I love you. Uh, I forgive you for whatever uh, occurred in the past and uh, I just love you. And uh, from that, we just had a really meaningful, heartfelt conversation. And I really believe since that time, things just really grew and developed. Um, and to be honest, you know, with the way my dad passed, he obviously had uh, stage four lung cancer. And so we had time as well uh, to really talk through things, knowing that, hey, he could eventually pass. And uh, I'm thankful that I had those opportunities to really seek relational harmony with him. Um, 
you know, it reminds me of what Jesus said, um, you know, in Matthew uh, chapter 5, uh, verses 23 onwards. Jesus says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Um, this is the whole idea, you know, Jesus is basically saying, you know what, hey, you know, before you, you know, come into worship and that sort of context, um, seek relational harmony, like uh, be reconciled with people, do what you can to uh, be at peace, uh, offer forgiveness, receive forgiveness as well, be willing to forgive others. Um, and so uh, seek relational harmony. And you may be saying, hey, you know what, Josh, like that all sounds nice, but you know, the person I have a problem with is uh, not a very nice person. They're not kind. Uh, and that's where I think uh, what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 18, I think is really helpful. Let me read this for you. Uh, he, he says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, uh, live at peace with everyone. Um, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So you do your best. You do your best. And you know what? Some people may not receive it. That's their responsibility. But at the end of the day, you do your best to uh, seek reconciliation. And if someone doesn't want to receive it, that's that's up to them. Uh, but you do your best. And I think that's a, that's a great thing that you don't want to um, go through moments of loss and not have had the time to talk things out. Um, I think it's not only healthy for that person, but I, I really think it's healthy for our own hearts. Um, because when we allow bitterness and resentment to take root in our hearts, uh, it really affects us. And so I encourage you to try your best to seek har relational harmony with others. The number eight thing I want to share today uh, that I've learned from my dad's passing uh, is something really important to theology and the gospel is the resurrection is our hope. The resurrection is our hope. Uh, I'll be honest, like I've taught on the resurrection. I'm a, been a pastor, teach theology. Um, and obviously the resurrection has always been important in my teaching. Um, but I remember when, uh, after my dad passed and I came and gave him a hug while he was in the coffin and I felt the temperature of his body. And it was just like a wake up call. And it was almost like, something saying, you know what, Josh, he's not there. He's not there. And it reminded me um, of the importance of the gospel. You know what, you know, the gospel shows that, you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin. He paid the penalty for the wages of sin, which is death. Uh, he was that perfect sacrifice who was willing to offer himself. Um, but he didn't just die on the cross for a sin. The Bible talks about that he was raised from the death to life. He resurrected. Uh, that is a crucial, important part of the gospel that sometimes we can neglect. But I learned the importance of it, especially as my dad passed. Uh, let me read to you a passage uh, that Paul wrote. Um, read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 23. Uh, Paul says this, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. The gospel brings hope. 
Jesus Christ dealt with our sin on the cross, but he didn't just die, he rose from the grave. Uh, and that is our hope. Uh, that's my hope. Uh, uh, one day I will meet my dad when he receives his resurrection body and I receive my resurrection body as well. And we'll be reunited. And that is our great hope. And it's Jesus Christ who, who showcases that. That that same power that ro ro raised him from the dead to life, that he might uh, have his resurrection body. The Bible talks about Jesus is that first fruit. It's like that first apple that comes off the tree. But you know, the Bible is saying, hey, there's more to come. And that includes all those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Ask him for forgiveness and follow him wholeheartedly. Um, maybe you're listening and you know that and God bless you. Let me remind you that the resurrection is our hope. But maybe you, you don't know about that. You, maybe you're not following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Can I encourage you to uh, consider Jesus Christ and for uh, what he can offer? He forgot, for, offers forgiveness of sins. Uh, he died on the cross for your sins and he rose from the dead to life. And the Bible says that as we trust him, we will one day experience that same resurrection. And uh, I think if my dad could share a message right now and pop in and say, hey, yeah, remember this? I think this is the point where he'd probably be like, amen. Remind everyone that one day we will all pass. But guess what? Those who trust in Jesus uh, can experience that same hope uh, that of resurrection because of Jesus's resurrection and what he did for us uh, when he lived here on earth. Thank you for listening. Um, this is Theology Breakdown, hey, where we break down the themes of life, God, and the Bible. We talked about death today and grief, and uh, hopefully it was encouraging to you. Um, and I would encourage you that if it was helpful, hey, you can like it and share it with anyone else that you think you might that might find it helpful. And I'm happy to hear from you. Feel free to connect with me if you want to talk about some of this stuff further. Maybe there's things that you've learned about death, grief, and loss. Uh, I know there's so much more to learn, so feel free to drop a line below and maybe share a couple things. Uh, maybe the eight things or five or two things or one thing that you've really learned about uh, grief, death, and loss that maybe uh, would be encouragement to me and to many others. Thanks for listening. God bless. Much love.